Um, and um, we're going to go, let's just go to regular, the regular Bible, and then we'll hit the slide after I finish. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Nevi. Thank you, Jesus. God said, don't leave glory on the shelf, because every time you get together, glory is available. Don't leave it on the shelf. Don't, don't leave it unencountered. Because every touch is a transformation. What I want you to understand is, is that those of you that allowed that cry, the sitting in this house, to begin to cry out of your belly, you came out of that cry and you are not who you were before you entered it. You've already been changed. You've already been given another dimension of another heart. The heart of the living God. You're already another man and another woman. By the grace of the living God. And so we bless his name. That by way of adoption. Through the provoking of his spirit. We cry out in adoration. And on the other side of our adoration is another measure of adoption. Another measure of appearing. Into the sons of God. Hallelujah. I want to go to John, the 15th chapter in the first verse. <clears throat> Didn't plan to teach this. Didn't plan to teach. I wanted to teach on how our relationship becomes a realm that we can bring people in. That the places we go becomes the places we become in person. And understanding how the realm of heaven is released by people in a realm of relationship. And, thing, and, and as people come into relationship with us, they enter the realm of the relationship and they experience heaven on earth and, and, and all those things out of 1 Corinthians 15 that are there. But the Lord kind of shifted me a little bit and brought me here. And so I want to share this <coughs> with you today. And I, wanna, I want to be, be very, very clear with you that, that it's, it's, so, it's so important that we understand that we are, thank you, to literally be careful how we hear. Because what we're hearing right now, it dictates whether or not we can hear what God is going to say later. Amen. Amen? And, 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 and so there's, there, it's, it, it's an importance in hearing. And this is some new ground. This is some new stuff. <clears throat> but yet in, in, indeed it is the word of the Lord. So let, let's hear humbly. Amen. We're not called to hear the word where we can remember it. We're called to soak it so we can live it. A sponge doesn't hear. A sponge soaks. And so when that sponge is soaked with what is exposed to, it doesn't have to think about what to release. It releases what it was in. When you squeeze it, what it, was, what it soaked up comes out. Amen. And so, so God wants to bring us to a posture of the word that, that we become like a sponge in water. That, that what we get when we're sitting under the declared word of God, we soak up. So when we're squeezed by life and we're squeezed by the cares, it naturally comes out. We don't have to do it by effort. There's a measure of he hearing that gives you the words you heard as your instinct. Not as something you got to figure out. What word do I need to use for this situation? You, because you heard it right, it becomes your instincts. Amen. Amen. There's a measure of hearing where you ain't got to think about it. You just, it's your reflex because you heard it right. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. You ain't got to write down notes because you actually be, be, become the end. I'm telling you not to write down notes. Right. <clears throat> I'm saying that either. So pastor said everything I say, it seems like it becomes the new rule, you know. So I got to put disclaimers on stuff. But what I'm saying is this, then your actions become the notes other people are taking. I'd rather people take notes in my real life action of the word. Amen. Because some people ain't going to sit here and hear me preach, but they're going to watch you live. <clears throat> and watch you live at work and they're going to take notes. Amen. They're going to watch how you treat your spouse and they're going to take notes. They're going to watch how you navigate through problems other folks crumble in, and they're going to take notes. Right. Amen? Right. So let's look at this, John chapter 15. I wanted to go here because we begin to deal with branches and vines and fruit. Amen? And I believe that there's some more that the Lord wanted me to deal with here. And so the Bible says in John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. Amen? And I am the real vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Y'all see that? Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Everybody say much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. He is cast forth in the similitude of a branch being separated from a vine. And is what? Wither. That's what a branch separated from its trunk does. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my word abideth in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. It shall be done. You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done what? For you are unto you. I got the feeling that our prayers are wrong. We're trying to get stuff for us when God wants to do stuff to us. Unto you, not for you. Amen. What if we're supposed to be asking to be what we're asking to get? <clears throat> it's a whole nother way to think. Amen. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Go over with me to Romans. Romans chapter 11, verse number 16. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 11, verse number 16. Everybody read it. says, for if the first fruit be holy, excuse me, the lump is also what? And if the root be holy, so are the what? Everybody say branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree wert graft in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest my faith. 
be not high-minded but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, he's talking about Israel, he's talking about the Jew. If God spared not the natural branches, those who saw him on Mount Sinai, those he cut the covenant with, those who were directly given the promises, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Father, we thank you and we bless you right now for the power of God that speaks clearly even to his people today. We thank you, Lord God, that you are positioning us as a fruitful tree, that you are, are making us a fruitful branch. Lord God, that even now bears fruit that remains, and we bless you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. <clears throat> God's people said amen. amen. You may be seated in the house of God. You can go ahead and put up that first slide again now. I'm going to revisit a couple of scriptures that I read or verses that I read out of John 15 from the New King James Version, which is not too much different from the King James. It just takes out the thuseth and the thoueth. It makes it the and thee and things of that nature instead of thuseth and thoueth and ye says you. Right? So the New King James just shifts it up a little bit. Amen. It makes it a little bit more contemporary for how we actually talk today. Amen. But it's saying the same thing. It says in John 15, verse 2, I'm, I put up there in the New King James Version, every branch, everybody say branch, in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may do what? Bear more fruit. Then verse number 4 of John 15 says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you what? Abide in me. He goes on in verse 5 to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. Making it very clear the type of relationship that he's calling us into. That's very key that we understand that when he says, I am the vine and you are the branches, he is now trying to help us understand the, the, the type of relationship that we are, we are to have with him if we are to have a relationship with him. The relationship we have to Jesus is as the relationship to, of a branch to a vine if indeed we are enter into the relationship he died to bring us into. Everybody understand that? So it goes on, put up that second slide, John 15, verse 8. This is the message version. Look at what he says in the message version in verse 8. This is how my father shows who he what? This is how my, that's very, very key. This is how the father shows who he is by us bearing what? Fruit. It says grapes here, but by us bearing fruit. So what we got to understand is in the Lord's teaching uh, uh, to the, his disciples in the gospel of John, he is now very, very particular and very, very specific Amen. About the realm of relationship that we must enter into if we're going to be disciples. That realm of relationship that we must enter into is parallel to or reflected by the continuous. Everybody say continuous. 
unbroken connection between a branch and her vine. This is what the Lord said, I'm died, I died to bring you in the relationship. I didn't die to bring you in a relationship is when you call on me when you need me. I, I, don't, I didn't die to bring you in a relationship where you bring me on the main line and you tell me what you want. Amen. I died to bring you into a realm of relationship of unbroken connection. So now what we got to understand is, is that Jesus died for permission to bring us into a depth of devotion. We, we can't leave that by which we can live in uninterrupted communion with him. We are called not to come to church to hear from God. We are called not to fast to, to hear from God. Glory be to God. We are called not to say we don't fast and not to say we don't come to church, but we are actually called to live in uninterrupted communion with him that is reflected by or parallel to the continuous connection typified by a vine to a branch. Everybody understand that because that's heavy because so I don't I can't feel you. There's never a time a branch can't feel its vine. I can't I can't hear from there's never a time a branch can't hear from her vine. Amen. Our bearing fruit Watch this, what he says, and I just need to lay some groundwork, and I'll speed up in a, a minute. Everybody say, we are, in, we are designed to bear fruit. We are designed, we are wired to bear fruit. Our bearing of fruit, how? By way of uninterrupted communion made possible, how? Through the indwelled, infilled spirit of the living God is the means by which the Father is made known to the world. The, if we don't bear fruit, men will never know the Father. Our bearing of fruit is how the world encounters the Father. Now keep in mind, until we're saved, we're under an orphan spirit. We're under an orphan. What does an orphan believe? I don't have any. I don't have a father. I don't have anybody to supply for me. So I now have to go out and do it myself. I don't have anybody that's in authority over me. So don't nobody tell me what to do. You know why people don't want nobody telling them what to do? Because that's what orphans are. Orphans were never raised under an authority in which they understood that mama and daddy could discipline them. So an orphan says, if I feel like it, if I don't see nothing. Nothing wrong with it. If I want to do it, I don't have anybody I have to answer to to tell me that if I don't see nothing wrong with it, I don't care what you see. Why? Because I'm an orphan. So I don't honor authority in a way where somebody over me can say, it don't matter if you don't see nothing wrong with it. It's wrong and don't you do it. Amen. But the world will never encounter the father, unless we bear fruit, so it'll continue to act like an orphan. So to the degree we bear no fruit, the world doesn't encounter the father. They never experience adoption, regeneration, and sonship. The world is in the condition it is because the church isn't bearing the fruit that it has been designed to bear. As we bear fruit, men encounter the father. If we bear no fruit, men encounter no father. You bearing fruit is how the Father is glorified, made known. Amen? Go to Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Watch this. I'm going to take it a little, little step further. Romans 11, verse 16. 
Uh, it says, and I'm going to read it in the New King James Version, Romans 11, verse number 16, in the New King. You can just do the regular Bible. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also what? Holy. holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. I'm going to read that again. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the what? Jesus is the true vine and we are the branches. Right? For the branches to be connected to the vine, watch this, because that verse doesn't talk about the vine, it talks about the roots. It talks about the root in the branch, not the vine in the branch. But for the branch to be connected to the vine is for the branch to be connected to that vine's roots. Just as much as that branch is connected to the vine, it is just as much connected to that vine's roots, even though you don't see it. Amen. It is just connected to the roots of the vine as much as it is connected to the vine itself. So Romans 11 and 16 doesn't do what John 15 says uh, does. It doesn't connect branch to vine. It connects branch to root because it takes and it helps us. We are to imply that that vine is included because the branch can't get to the root unless it, ha unless it has proper relationship to the vine or the trunk. Everybody follow what I'm saying? Amen. So why is that important? And why do I point that out? Because the way in which the relationship between a root and a branch functions typifies how we function in relationship to Jesus to do what? Release the kingdom. A branch functions where? In the above the ground dimension that can be seen. While a root functions in the boat below the ground dimension, which cannot be seen. Everybody understand what I'm saying? As a branch living in the above the ground dimension stays connected to a vine which accesses roots functioning in the below the ground dimension that cannot be seen through what? Uninterrupted connection that, that they now access or that branch accesses the below the ground dimension and winds up the fruit is actually a manifestation of the root. So the branch is now literally permitted to manifest out of itself in the above the ground dimension what actually was being generated from the below the ground dimension. Now, uh, uh, when we see a cantaloupe, the cantaloupe wasn't generated by what we saw. The cantaloupe was generated by what we did not see. But now the branch that we could was permitted to manifest something from a world that could not be seen because of its connection to the vine. So in actuality, watch this, the fruit that we see is a manifestation of an unseen root through the relationship of the branch to the vine. Jesus is the vine, I'm trying to get there, and with the branches, we in the seen dimension called earth are permitted to manifest the unseen dimension called heaven, that's the kingdom, by deep devotion that brings us into uninterrupted communion. To the degree our communion is uninterrupted, to that degree we manifest uh, from heaven into earth. To the degree our relationship with Christ mirrors a relationship between a branch and a vine, to that degree we bear fruit that causes men to encounter the Father. 
to the degree that our relationship with God, with Jesus, is not un- is interrupted, is up and down, is here and there. To that degree, we don't bear fruit, nor can we bring forth from his dimension into this, uh, his unseen world, into this seen world, encounters with the Father. Amen? Look at neighbor, tell your neighbor, we're supposed to bear fruit through uninterrupted communion. So guess what happens after you almost get in the accident? Do you talk about how scared you were or do you begin to worship the God that's been good? What happens, glory be to God, when it doesn't work like you want to work? Do you talk about the fact, man, I wanted that to work? Or do you glorify the God that says all things work together? Because that hinges on whether or not your communion is interrupted, how much you believe the devil can actually hijack and change what God is doing in your life. To the degree we feel like we got to fight the devil, to that degree our communion is interrupted. We don't have to defeat what's defeated. Amen? A branch doesn't have to fight a storm. The the strength of the branch to stay where it is is not so much dependent on the branch trying to stay where it is, but stay in relationship. Because the tree is what now keeps the thing in place through the storm. Amen? So branches... The problem is in storms many times, branches are broken off, and that's why power goes out. When branches are broken off, there is no power. If you're a broken off branch, you can do nothing. That, that's a whole nother message, and I've taught it before. This is the key, though. This is the key. The kingdom is within us. Everybody say, the kingdom is within us. The branch doesn't get what it needs. A branch bears what it needs. This is what I'm trying to get to. A branch, I'm going to say that again. A branch doesn't get what it needs. A branch bears what it needs. Many times our needs aren't met because we're trying to get by effort what God has designed us to bear by devotion. We're trying to get it when God has designed us to bear it, not through effort, but through intimacy. So we don't get, we bear. Please hear me. So we don't get a breakthrough. We actually have a breakthrough. When we need a breakthrough. I don't have to go get a breakthrough. I can actually have a breakthrough because I already have a breakthrough. The reason why I can have a breakthrough is because I have a breakthrough. In other words, I have breakthroughs like like women have children. I know I have a breakthrough because I can have a breakthrough. (laughs) When I need peace, I don't get peace. I can have peace. I don't get peace. I bear peace. How do I bear peace? By staying connected to the vine who is the prince of peace and manifesting the fruit called peace. I don't get peace. I bear peace. So I can have peace anytime I want to have peace because I have peace because I have peace. You got peace? Yeah, I'm about to have it. You got joy? Yep, I'm about to have it right now. What's wrong with you? Ain't nothing. I'm just about to have joy. 
How do I have joy? God give me joy or how do I have joy? By staying connected to the vine. Which one do I do? Because he anoints us with the oil. He, he says we are now have access to the fatness of the root. Do you understand that your root is real fat? Glory be to, do you understand that our root is real big? Do you understand that he's big enough to give us peace, joy, righteousness, deliverance, anointing, power, freedom, victory, to transform us, renew us, promote us, break down doors, move mountains, cast out devils and heal bodies. All from one root. Amen. So as we remain in uninterrupted communion, we wind up having what we need instead of trying to get what we need. God shall supply all of your needs According to his riches in glory, how? By the Christ Jesus. Well, who is Jesus? He is the vine. Why do we go without our needs supplied? Because we read that as God is going to give us what we need. He didn't say he's going to give us what we need. He said he's going to supply what we need. How does he supply what we need? As a, as a vine does to a branch. He doesn't give us what we need, but by way of our deep devotion, he permits us to bear what we need. We bear much fruit. Do, do, you, do you understand? You don't get a good day, you bear one. You don't get peace, you bear peace. You don't have to, oh, oh, this is going to be a bad day. Well, no, no, bear a good one. So the peace we need, we don't bear it. We don't find it. We bear it. The joy we need, we don't find it. We bear it. What does a, a peach tree, a peach branch need? It needs peaches. So it does what? Bear peaches. So what we got to understand is the Lord is inviting us into a place from which we stop trying to get what we need and we start bearing what we need. See, what I need you to understand, and I want to announce right now, we're about to begin to bear a breakthrough when we need a breakthrough. Glory be to God. Ain't that good? We're about to bear strength when we need strength. We are not going to have to, I, I got to get strength. No, 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 just bear it. Just stay in devotion, and I promise you, you are not subject to the seed of fruit because oh glory you can now bear fruit in the morning you can bear fruit in the evening you can bear fruit at night you can bear fruit because you're like a tree planted by the river of living water who bears fruit in its season that's actually wrong it actually means that bears fruit at all times it don't matter if you show up in January it's bearing fruit it don't matter if you show up in March it's bearing fruit it don't matter if you show up in December it's bearing fruit. What are you doing right now bearing fruit? What fruit are you bearing what I need? I need an answer for God. So I'm not going to wait for an answer from God. I'm going to bear one. I need an ear to hear. I'm not going to wait for an ear to hear. I'm going to The reason why we're not getting what we need is because we're trying to get it instead of bear it. So we take our focus off relationship and, and begin a focus of hunting. We're trying to hunt what we can actually have. You're not a hunter. I'm telling you right now, don't start hunting like Esau. You're going to miss your birthright. You got a right to birth. 
You're going to you out there hunting and you're going to miss your birthright. Your birthright is the right to birth. You can't keep me from getting what I need because getting what I need ain't outside of me. It's in me because the kingdom is within me. If the kingdom is within me, that means everything I need is within me. I don't need anything out here to get it. I just can have it. If I understand deep devotion that brings me into a realm of relationship called vine to branch by which I bear fruit, and the fruit I bear glorifies glorifies the Father. Amen. You need encouragement? Have it. When you going to have it right now? You need to be encouraged? Have it right now. You need strength? Have it right now. You want hunger for God? Have it right now. Bear it. Bear it. What we need to understand is we are entering into a level of faith by which we no longer chase promises. We bear promises by deep devotion that's brought us into a realm of relationship called vine to branch where the father gives us promises, not by those promises coming to us. The father gives us promises by having those promises come out of us to the degree we live life in uninterrupted communion. Amen. In other words, we have fruit. Come on. We have healing. How do, I know you're, you're, how do I know you're healed? Because you have it. I'm not saying you have it in your hands. You have it in your belly. We just got to bear it. We have deliverance. We have anointing. We have breakthrough. Guess what? We have revival. We don't wait for it. We have it. We, don't, we have outpouring. We have all the, we have a move of God. We bear those things. Glory be to God. Not by focusing on having a move of God. Not by focusing on having revival. But by focusing on being a branch that never is in disconnection with the vine. So it's not by effort. It's by devotion. We cannot get it by effort. We can only get it by devotion. I need you to understand that those who change the world aren't people who want to change the world, but they're people who want Jesus and nothing else. They are the ones who say, no matter what, I am not going to disconnect myself from this vine. I'm going to love this vine with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm going to bless this vine with everything in me. I'm going to keep my mind stayed on this vine. I'm going to lift this vine up, and they're the ones that become the gateway for which was from another dimension can be birthed into this dimension called thy kingdom come. We are not going to change the world wanting to change the world. Branches change the world. My God. Branches change the world. So our devotion has the power to change the world, how? By releasing heaven into earth through us. That our very love for God is the gateway through which the kingdom comes. Did y'all hear that? Our very love for God. What's lacking in power is because of what's lacking in love. Can I share a little bit about our nature and who we are and the apostolic? I need to share this because I need you to understand where we're going. Because where we're going, we're about to start being seen more, known more, and more people are going to be asking for us and saying our name. But I need you all to understand something right now about an apostolic expression. 
the apostolic doesn't look for a pattern, but instead seeks to enter into a realm of intimacy that makes possible pregnancy. The apostolic doesn't follow patterns. The apostolic enters into intimacy and gets pregnant. The apostolic wants pregnancy, not a pattern. Amen? Because it takes pregnancy to establish the kingdom. It takes a pattern to get success. And this is the issue. We got to ask what we're aiming for. Are we aiming for ministerial success? If so, we can figure out somebody's pattern who is successful. We can figure out somebody's pattern who, was, who, who did a successful youth ministry. We can figure out somebody's pattern who had a successful praise team. We can follow somebody's pattern who grew their church. Glory be to God. And we can get ministerial success if that's our aim. But if our aim is the kingdom, we will not be able to follow a pattern. We got to get pregnant. Glory be to God. Because we got to bear the kingdom. The kingdom is not done by pattern. The kingdom is only done by bearing. It has to come out of us. It will not. So the question is, do we want the kingdom or do we want to be deemed successful in the eyes of our religious peers? If we want the kingdom, our agenda is intimacy. If we want success, our agenda is notoriety. Intimacy and notoriety are polar opposites. I'm going to say that again. Intimacy and notoriety are polar opposites. To the degree we want intimacy, to that degree we'll forfeit, forfeit popularity or notoriety. To the degree we want notoriety, we'll forfeit intimacy. But the problem is we have a church full of people who want notoriety and intimacy. And anytime you mix notoriety and intimacy, you wind up expressing pornography. You know what pornography is? Is when, when I want my intimacy to be on public display. I want other. So, but, no, I want intimacy, but I want to be, I want notoriety. So what I want to do is make love to God in public. What I'm trying to tell you is, I know y'all looking at me crazy. He just said pornography. I believe that pornography is running rampant in the natural is because there's so many porn stars in the spirit that want to put out, that are so ready. Y'all hear me? Porn stars love to put prayers, love to put their every nugget, love to put every phrase, everything you get from God, you want it for public view because you like other people to see you in intimacy. That's a problem. I don't want to talk. I'm sorry for that. I'm glad I'm at home. You should see some of y'all looking at me. Guess what? I don't care because it's true. I'd be like my bishop. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. It's porn. You're, a, you're a porn star. You want intimacy and notoriety, but intimacy must be done in secret. You are not to see my intimacy. You are to see its fruit. There's nothing wrong with looking at the fruit of me and Tiffany's intimacy, but there is a problem when I show you how to have it. Your so I'll give you the steps to have it. I'll show you the action. Y'all don't want to talk to me. Because we're so bound by the natural, you can't take your mind to the spirit. You actually think I'm stuck. In I don't struggle with pornography. I never watch pornography. How could he say that? Because I've probably been longer without watching it than you. That's how I can say that. I'm freer than you from it. How about that? 
How dare he say that? You don't, the only reason why you're uncomfortable is because you watched it six months ago. <laughs> you still attracted to it. Talk, talking about how dare he. You the one who's still attracted. I ain't attracted to it. Don't try to, don't try to judge me. I ain't even judging you, and I know it. Don't try to judge me. Amen. <laughs> Through devotion, watch this. Through devotion, watch this, we bear what others are trying to do. Amen. We conceive what others try to concoct. Through devotion, watch this, we bear what others are trying to do. We conceive what others are trying to concoct. We release out of ourselves what others are attempting to rally around a cause to do. Our assignment, if we are indeed fruit bearers, our assignment isn't to do, it is to bear. We don't do the work of getting people saved. We bear the fruit called salvation. And men enter into salvation not because we came with, up with a strategy to get men saved, but because we're so connected to the God of our salvation that we bore a fruit called salvation. And though, even though we didn't preach about Romans Road, and even though, glory be to God, we did not go through uh, um, all of the steps of what we say somebody has to do to get saved, glory be to God. All we did was be so connected to the vine that we were preaching, glory be to God, we were preaching about the presence of God. God, and somebody leaves and says, I want to be saved. How did that happen? It happened because we bear the f fruit of salvation. There was an Indian friend that came to our service in Florence this last time. Her name is Kun Kun. You wouldn't believe how she got saved. She is a devout Hinduist. Her family has been Hindu for generation after generation after generation. She now is in church Go and studies and memorizes scripture and is a on fire believer. But you'll never guess how she got saved. Didn't nobody approach her and, 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 and give her any of the things we said. She said she messed around and walked by a church meeting. And they were in a, the church was in a prayer meeting. And she cracked the door and heard them praying. And, and because it was so touching, she said, Jesus you are my God. From the prayer, the power of the prayer that hit her and walked away and has been saved ever since. She's saved to this day. Because it wasn't about a plan. Somebody had some fruit. She opened that door and ate the fruit of salvation and said, I want you to be mine. So I don't need to know how to get saved. But all I know is I'm saved. And all I need you to do is tell me the steps. Then I come and say, well, confess your sin. And there is no fight. Then there is repent. And there is no fight. Why? Because she already ate the fruit. We're trying to teach people steps who ain't ate the fruit yet. So we tell them, you're going to do this and this, but you're still going to go back to your sin because all we can do is tell you the steps. We can't feed you the fruit. You can't get saved by our life expression, so I can tell you how to get saved and then tell you you're still going to go back because I ain't got the fruit to feed you to bring you out. Wow. That's a lot. So anytime we're trying to do what we're intended to bear, we'll exalt 
tactics over time with God. Ideas over intimacy. So we'll sit around for three hours coming up with ideas and spend 20 minutes in intimacy because we exalt glory, doing over bearing. But when we exalt bearing over doing, I, we'll spend uh, 25 days in intimacy and spend 25 minutes bearing uh, because we didn't come up with an idea. We had us a baby. Glory be to God. I'm telling you, it's always more powerful when you bear it instead of try to manipulate, strategize, and plan it. And so now we got to move out of the place where we're trying to do so. I just want to do something for God. I just want to do something. And we got to move back into the place of focus on deep devotion. Come on, somebody shout deep devotion. We can bear it. We don't got to do it. When I write something, when I write something, I didn't write it because I said I need an idea. It's just intimacy and intimacy. You mess around and have it. And it becomes a burden. I have burdens for, for youth that I'm bearing right now. I bore, I bore a burden. I have burden for the apostolic structure that I'm bearing right now. None of those things I'm sitting down saying, well, I got to figure out how to do. I don't even walk through the day worried about what we going to do, what we going to do. God, you're good. There is nobody like you. And I know that gets on the nerve of all of the schedule people. And I know that gets on the nerve, but I'm not on your schedule. And neither is my, I got to bear this. I'm not going to come up with a plan to satisfy a people who aren't really connected with God. I need to bear this. When you bear it, you know it's God. No doubt about it. It's not because it didn't come from ideas. It came out of intimacy. Watch this. I'm going to show you this. Romans chapter 11, verse number 4. Come on, we're about to bear some stuff. I'm here to tell you right now, for the rest of your life, you will never go without what you need. Because now you know what you need ain't nowhere around you. It ain't coming to you. It ain't falling out of the sky. Baby, just open your mouth and have it. Release it out of your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You depressed? Oh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Go ahead and have joy. Come on. You're fighting with something. You are fighting with anxiety. Go ahead and have peace. Bear it. Watch this. Romans chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. I'm going to teach you a little bit more. It says, watch this. This is so powerful. It says, and he's talking about backslidden Israel. Israel versus the church. Do you understand right now we are benefiting from Israel's promise because Israel is a broken off branch. Israel is a broken off branch through unbelief. So in actuality, all the turmoil they're going through is because they shun the goodness of God. So now they're under the severity of God. So Hamas is constantly trying to blow them up. Iran is constantly trying to blow them up. Glory be to God. Hezbollah is constantly at them. And, 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 and Islam is all over them. And, and it's simply because they are yet to be restored to their proper place on the vine. And so now they're not experiencing God's goodness. They're experiencing severity mingled with mercy. Behold both the goodness and the, towards them that felt goodness, if you continue in his 
Guess what? When we don't continue in faith and we become a broken off branch, we might as well be like Israel with Hezbollah around us. Uh, glory be to God, because there's financial problems here, marital problems here, anxiety problems here, can't sleep problems here. All these things around us and we're wondering, why am I going through all that? Because you have now allowed yourself to be severed from the vine. Do you understand a branch feels good in the storm as long as it stays connected to the vine? As long as it stays connected, it feels great. And it's not moved. Amen? And so watch this. So he's talking about backslidden Israel who has now been severed from the vine and is under the severity of God. Not the judgment of God, the severity of God to bring them back into redemption. We, do, we, will, we have so gotten away from God's severity, which ultimately is because he's jealous to give us his goodness. He's only as severe as much as he wants to be good. So things get, he allows things to get bad enough for us to turn completely to his good because he's jealous to give us his good. His severity is only because he wants to give us his goodness. But we have so backslidden from the reality of how God functions that any time we enter into severity, we call it an attack of the enemy and never God. So we never repent. We never change. We just, you, watch this, Romans chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. That is so powerful. Now watch what it says next because we're talking about now bearing fruit. What is bearing fruit? It is now bearing the image of God. It is now Christ's presence entering the earth through us being conformed into his image. And as people experience us, they see him because we have now entered a measure of his image. To bear fruit is to bear the image of God, to be an image bearer. Look at what this next verse says. Even so then at this present time also, <clears throat> excuse me, who have not bowed the knee to Baal, to the image of Baal. Did it say to the image of Baal? Did I leave that out? Verse 4, because I want you all to see that. Go back to verse 4. It's cool, we're teaching. Who have not bowed the knee to the what? To the image. Everybody say image. And we're called to be what? Conformed into the what? Obviously, as we bow our knee to the image of Baal, we're disqualified for being conformed into the image of Christ. Right. Obviously, that has more to do with the fact that we're called to bear fruit or bear, be an image bearer than what we realize. So we must understand what the image of Baal is. Amen? Amen. Even so, then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. See, this is what we got to understand. When our aim is notoriety and not intimacy, when our agenda is outcome or goal-oriented instead of Christ's image, we are bowing to the image of Baal. The remnant are those who understand that they're not called to use formulas to get an outcome or to reach a goal, but to live, to bear his image, or to be an image bearer. The image of Baal is an outcome-based, goal-oriented theology that says take these 10 steps to wealth, follow these 10 biblical principles to happiness, take these seven steps to grow your church. Amen? 
the image of Baal or outcome-based theology replaces conforming with formulas that get results but make us barren in the era or in the area of bearing the kingdom, which is Jesus' presence entering the earth by way of our image being conformed into his image and the world encountering him by coming into contact with us. I know that's a lot to chew. Baal's highest agenda is elevation, notoriety, not intimacy. How many likes can I get? How many reposts can I get? How many comments can I get on my preaching on social media instead of how deep can I go in devotion that people can't look at me without seeing him? See, the elect say, how deep can I go in devotion? Glory be to God. Those in the image of Baal say, what can I do to be seen? What can I do to get to my goal? To bow to the knee of Baal is to bow to a religious image that exalts outcome over intimacy and values notoriety over intimacy. The question is, are we bowing our knee to the image of Baal? I want to warn you right now because we're about to be elevated. We're about to, see, because once you do master intimacy, there comes a measure of notoriety. But the notoriety isn't for us to manipulate the intimacy to get more notoriety. The notoriety is given to become a kingdom influence to now turn hearts of men and women back to the kingdom of God. I'm here to tell you right now, the people who now are praying for the expression that God is bringing us into are going to be mad when they get what they ask for. People will ask for the prophet, and then when the prophet get there, try to figure out how fast can I get him to go. (laughs) People will beg for deliverance for 400 years. And as soon as God sends Moses to deliver them, man, you need to go back where you came from. Because since you got here, we've been having to make bricks without straw. Man, you messing us up with Pharaoh. See, most of the time when God, God answers prayers by sending a man. Don't think the man that is sent and the people that they're sent to is going to want them when he get there. Usually what the person that comes in the answer for people's prayers, when they get there, the people don't like them. The only reason why I'm in Darlington is because God prayed. There was somebody that prayed for the kingdom in Darlington. Look at what happened when I got here. <laughs> Stop thinking because you're called the people, all those people are going to want to hear you. Usually the people you call to, because they pray for it in ideology, they don't want it in flesh and blood. Amen? So, so the question is, are we bowing to the image of Baal? Or are we seeking to enter into dimension of intimacy for the which we're being conformed into the image of the only begotten son who is holy and like no one or nothing we've ever seen? I want to share this with you. Can I? 
Under the influence of the image of Baal, we try to do something instead of bear someone. When you're under the influence of Baal, if, if, if we call prayer to be conformed into the image of Christ, five people come. If we call an outreach service for people to go out and pass out tracts, 30 folks show up. Why? Because people would rather do something than, be, than bear someone. Give me something to do. I can do that. Coming to prayer at 5 a.m., that's an issue. Give me something to do. I don't want to enter into a crucifixion and bear. That's because we're under the... We can hold prayer seven days a week. And, and a few people show up. We can hold church meetings for the ushers, the, the finance and stuff, and everybody show up every day of the week. Because Baal teaches us how to function in a way where we're constantly trying to do something instead of bear someone. But if we call a consecration and entering into prayer for 30 days, I might come once or twice a week. Why? Because I, I'm, I'm, I am now bent to do something because I've been under bail influence so long. But bear someone? That's another thing. <laughs> so we exalt tactics over time with God and ideas over intimacy. We love to get together and share ideas, but we hate to get together and cry out. Those in ministry under the influence of the image of Baal are more focused on having a good event than a glorious gathering. They aim at having people leave with something to think about instead of having people leave thinking differently. They aim at wanting you to leave with something on your mind instead of understanding that we are to bear the fruit that people leave with the mind of Christ. They left thinking, well, we did. We missed the mark. We don't need to leave with, they don't need to leave with something on their mind. They need to leave with the mind of Christ. The remnant understands our assignment is not so much to do something but to bear someone. Because through deep devotion, we enter into a realm of relationship called vine to branch. For the which we as the branch manifest the vine and the manifestations of the vine are called fruit. We bear much fruit. If our family needs peace, guess what? All we got to do is bear the Prince of Peace. If our city needs an outpour, all we got to do is manifest the vine. Amen? We manifest the man who sits on the right hand of the Father and pours out the Holy Spirit. We're not called to do something but to bear someone, so our assignment is Deeper devotion more so than duty. Somebody say deeper devotion. Deeper devotion. Not, duty. Not duty. Even though if you're in devotion, you will be dutiful. The people who place worship over work do more work than the people who focus on work. Track it. Anybody who focuses on worship will get way more work done than the person who focuses on work. So it don't mean we just sit on clouds all day playing guitars, clapping, and act like hippies. That's, that's not what this, we ain't calling to that. Glory be to God. We are not hippies. There's a work that needs to be done. But we bear the work. We don't do it. There is a remnant 
watch this, according to the election of grace. Listen to this and listen to this good. There is a remnant for only one reason, because of grace. Only by grace, we are not in church running after outcomes instead of intimacy. Please hear me. Only by grace, we invest more time in secret devotion than time spent trying to strategize a way to be seen. Only by grace, we are being conformed into the image of Christ instead of bowing to an outcome or an image of success. If we're not bowing our knee to Baal, please hear me. If anybody in here, if we can say that's us based off of what we preaching is not because we're smarter. It's not because we're better. It's not because we love God more than anybody else. It's because grace elected us. Grace grabbed us, pulled us out of the bail culture and said, I am going to show my grace. You have found grace in my sight. Grace elects us. So we don't walk around putting our nose down at bail worshipers. Because if the truth be told, we were. He makes sure he doesn't separate us at first. He allows us to go with what's bail. So when he pulls us out, we can't act like, what's wrong with y'all? Come on. If the truth be told, we've all been under the influence of bail. And some of us still are. Amen. Watch this. I'm going to walk a little bit. Go to Romans chapter 11, verse 7. I'm going to shift gears. Romans chapter 11, verse 7. Um, Romans chapter 11, verse number 7. And I'm going to shift gears in a minute. Um, but uh, I'm going to shift gears right here and share a couple other things. It says, what then? Israel hath not obtained that which it seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded, according as it is, it is written. Matter of fact, I'll just read verse 7. Let me read verse 7 again. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Israel didn't obtain what they were seeking, but the election obtained it. Israel tried to do by works-based religion what the elect understood could only be bore by a deep devotion. So what Israel tried to get by works, the elect get through worship. You can't get it as long as you're trying to obtain it. You can't obtain it, we can only bear it. If you're going to get the anointing, you are not going to obtain it. You're going to bear that. Amen? So Israel's focus was on works while the election's entire agenda is worship. Because Israel's focus found its foundations in work base. Please hear this because God is calling us out of this today. Because Israel found its focus on the, in the foundation of works-based, outcome-based religion. It was not allowed to obtain what can only be birthed. We can never get what we can only bear. I need you. If you don't understand anything else I say, we do not get fruit. We bear fruit. We can never get what we can only bear. You want peace? You can't never get it. Why? Because you can only bear that. that that's in you in the kingdom right now, and you're not benefiting from the peace in you. You bear that. You do not get freedom. You bear that. 
It's already in you right now. If you're not free, it's not because you're not free. It's, freedom is in you. But you got to bear it. And you're not going to bear that saying, I want freedom, I want freedom. You're going to be bear that saying, I want Jesus, I want Jesus. That's through deep devotion that brings us into a realm of relationship called vine the branch. Uninterrupted communion with Christ. That's how that comes out. I want freedom, I want freedom, I ain't going to get it. But I want Jesus, I want Jesus. Gotta get it. And try instead of trying to work for God, the elect's entire life centers around entering into the highest form of worship called spirit and truth. I want to talk to you about spirit and truth. Spirit and truth is the pinnacle of worship. Why? Because when we enter into the worship called spirit and truth, we are no longer seeking God. God begins seeking us. See, I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to say that again. See, ultimately, the pinnacle of worship isn't to chase the Father. The pinnacle of worship is when the Father begins chasing you. For I, for the, uh, those that worship, there's a time coming. Come on, John 4 and 23, where the true worshiper shall worship me in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such. It's one thing to find him in the morning. It's another thing when he wakes you up in the morning. It's one thing to go after him on your break. It's another thing for him to come after you on your break. It's one thing for you to try to get a word. It's another Another thing, when the word slaps you upside the head, there comes a time where you're running for him becomes him running for you when worship is right. My God, there's going to come a time where God chases you in the grocery store, where God chases you while you cut in the grass. The pinnacle of worship is not us running after God. You still got to graduate. comes a time when he begins running after us. My God, when you got God chasing you, you can't get away. I can't get away from joy. I, I can't get away from peace. I can't, I can't get away from victory. I can't, I can't get away from prophesying. I can't, I can't get away from believing God. I can't do it. Why does he seek us? Because worship becomes the womb for which he can enter the world. He seeks the worshiper because true worship becomes the womb from which heaven can enter earth. He doesn't seek the worshiper so the worshiper can sit oh, so the worshiper can sit around and look in the sky. He seeks the worshiper because where true worship is becomes a womb. Glory be to God. Where his realm can enter into that this realm. Glory be to God. And so now, just like uh, the womb of a woman is now the transitional point from a realm called belly to a realm called world, the worshiper becomes the womb for which heaven can begin to enter the earth. Because God found a worshiper, and he ain't seeking that worshiper simply because he wants to hang out with that worshiper, although that's real good. He seeks that worshiper because he found him a gateway. He found him a door for which he can begin to enter the earth and cause men to begin to encounter him. Why does God chase us? Because he said, there comes a time where you want encounter with me so much that I make you an encounter. Now I'm talking kingdom language right now. I know that I'm talking kingdom stuff right now. 
I know this is kingdom stuff. Now watch this. Let me go a, a step further. Come on, the Father seeketh such. Man, it's good to chase after God. But I'm telling you, it's better when he chases after you. I'm going to tell you again, it's good when you chase after God. But it's better when he chases after you. And when God is chasing you, you know why it's good? Because he's omnipresent. Where can I go? No matter where I am, he is. That's when you begin to say, though I make my bed in hell, my God. I, this ain't even good right now, but I still can't get away from you. This is a tough time, but I still can't. <laughs> Look at everybody tell your neighbor, God is about to start chasing us. Come on, God is about to start running us down. He's about to start overcoming us. He's about to start overwhelming us. Before we can lift our hands, the glory is going to fall. Before we can say thank you, the presence is going to show up. Before we can ask, we're going to receive. Be For the Father seeketh such to worship him. It's a blessing to be a God seeker, but it's a blessing when God is a seeker of Jeremiah. What happens when I'm down here saying I'm seeking the Father and the Father's down up there saying I'm seeking Jeremiah? What happens when, when you're down here, Marcus, and you're seeking the Father, and the Father's saying, I'm, down, I'm, I'm seeking Marcus. I can't wait for Marcus to get up and sing. Because as soon as Marcus sings, when he opens his mouth, his mouth becomes a womb for me to come in and begin to drop the glory. I, I am late. I'm looking for Marcus to lift his hands. Because when that boy lifts his hands, his lifting of hands become a gateway for my wind to blow through a house. I'm looking for him. God Almighty. It's another thing when God seeks you because no matter what you do, you could be doing the prayer for dinner and somebody mess around and get a breakthrough. Why? Because he's looking for you. So although you did was say the Lord's, oh God, all you did was say the Lord's prayer and somebody want to talk to you afterwards and say, man, I'm sitting here and I'm dealing with this. What can I do? Because the Lord seeketh such. He's trying to bring men into encounter. God, I feel that in my gut. That's good to me. Romans chapter 11, verse 8. Watch this. Romans chapter 11, verse 8. I'm almost done. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber. He's talking about those who try to do by works what you can only bear by devotion. He's talking about those who have now exalted the outcomes they're trying to get for God over the intimacy they are to have with God. He said, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see and ears that they should not hear unto this day. The spirit of slumber is a spirit that attempts to do what it can only legally bear. So as a result, with the spirit of slumber, watch this. Men who have the spirit of slumber sleep on the secret place because the spirit of slumber is only awake to works. So those under the authority of the spirit of a slumber, uh, under the spirit of slumber, works wake them up. Devotion puts them to sleep. If we call prayer, they sleepy. 
But if we tell them we're going to do something, I'm there. Why? Because I'm under a spirit of slumber. So devotion actually puts me to sleep. When are we going to do something? Now, when you do something, you wake me all the way up. I'm ready. Pastor, I just need something to do. Because I have a spirit of slumber. I'm tired of pr- I'd be sitting up there in prayer, and I'd be, I don't even be praying. And I'm, look, getting up in my, look, I'll be trying, but I'll be sleeping. You got, you got a spirit of slumber. Man, the best time is 5 a.m. Boy, when you say I'm going to be hot at 5 a.m. for God, and you don't think the God of your salvation is going to come in and begin to wreck your life, renew your mind, anoint you, but when I have a spirit of slumber, I'm actually sleepy. If I, man, if I get up at 5 a.m. to come to prayer, what? You actually there and you still going to sleep. Man, if I get up at 5 a.m. for prayer, I'm going for broke. And I'm giving everything I got. Because God said, man, if you can be this hot at me before the sun breaks, if you can be this hot at me when it's still dark, my God, I ain't going to show up for you. We just don't get it because we have a spirit of slumber. 5 a.m. prayer and times of consecration and times of laying down and times of coming and, 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 and laying broken before God and, and rescheduling our Friday nights and changing our agendas are the times that bring us into realms of intimacy, uh, of deep devotion that give us access to a realm of relationship called vine to branch. And so I'm going to do the school of not many. I'm working on it right now. But guess when class is going to be? No, 4 a.m. The only, I got I to gotta be at work at 6. Okay, well, you ain't the, the, the little bit then. If you got to be at 6, you still need to be there at 4. That's a problem. You ain't in this school. You don't qualify for this school. Because we got to stop making it. I'm, I'm not trying to find out people's schedule to figure out when to do class. Because we're too self-centered already. No, we're going to have it at 4 a.m. We might make it 3.30. And guess what? I'm going to be up smiling. And we're going to go into high praise. Hallelujah! We're going to be going. See what you do. It ain't going to be no low energy nothing. I ain't going to be there yawning. Because you learn how to live a lifestyle of that anyway. Man, that's been my lifestyle for years. And I'm not going to allow you to try to continue what God is doing through me and you sleeping when you should be awake. That's a whole nother thing. We'll be talking about that soon. Well, we down to about three people. And I'm grateful. Hell, hallelujah. Because it ain't, it ain't, it's only a few minutes. It's only a few. It's only a few. So those under the spirit of slumber, those under the authority of the spirit of slumber, slumber works wakes them up while devotion puts them to sleep. Hey Amen. You tell them we're about to do something, they there. Tell them we're about to pray, they sleep. Hey Amen. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. 
It is not our plans that's going to change the world. It's our devotion that's going to change. Wake up. It's not what we do. It's going it's to be what we bear. Wake up. Romans chapter 11, verse number. Uh, put up the next slide. I'm sorry, y'all, because I'm going to take a break from preaching. I thought, Deja, girl, you already, you my daughter already. She, look, she looked at me. She said, go away. And I felt it, too. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 11. Put up the slide, the next slide. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Um, Romans chapter 11, verse 9 through 11 in the Passion Translation. This is so powerful. And I'm going to walk through for a while because I'm going to take a break for preaching because there's some things i got to organize for a little bit of second. And because I'm going to do that, I'm going to give it all. Because I ain't going to preach for a while, so I'm giving y'all everything. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm letting it all out today. Romans chapter 11, verse 9. I would have continued it, but I know I ain't going to be preaching for a while, so I'm letting it all out today. Put up that slide. Watch this. The Passion Translation, Romans chapter 11, verse number 9. Michael is doing a great job. Can we give God a head clap of praise for him, man? That's an awesome young man. I love the young man that he's become. We thank God for him. I'm going to read it, Romans chapter 11, verse 9 in the Passion Translation. It says, and King David, and King David also prophesied this. He's talking about the people who are now trying to do what they must bear. May their table prove to be a snare and a trap to cause their ruin. Whew. I'm going to read that again. And King David also prophesied this. May their table prove to be a snare and a trap to cause their ruin. May their table be a snare. What do we put on the table? We put on the table food when we're hungry. May their hunger be the very thing that takes them through their hell. Because they have, because you have now subjected yourself to the culture of Baal, your own hunger is what's taking you through your hell. Because Baal taught you that you're supposed to have success. Baal taught you that you're supposed to have what you want. Baal, so now I have a hunger to have a certain amount of money. I have a hunger to live a certain lifestyle. I have a hunger to live at ease. I have a hunger to have this. And, and so what happens is when I don't get those things, hell didn't come because of the devil. Hell came because of the illegal hunger that was given to me by an culture that is not kingdom track how much hell you're going through and track how much it has to do with hunger that ain't hunger for holiness much of our hell is for hunger for stuff outside of holiness our own table is our snare amen we must understand the necessity of holy hunger those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be what? You are never empty when you got the right hunger. In other words, God wants us to be ever filled 
It don't matter where we're at because my hunger is for holiness. And the Holy Spirit ain't now, it is now uh, minimized to a location. Though I make my bed in hell, the Holy Spirit is there. I will not worship on a mountain. I will not worship in a valley. The Holy Spirit is in a mountain and in a valley. So my hunger can be fulfilled no matter where I am as long as my hunger is holiness. And so now God is delivering us from foreign hungers. He's calling us out, out, out of alien hungers that have us, have us going through hell. And it's not the devil. Our table has been our snare. But God is calling us back to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and allow him to add everything. God said, I'm getting your hunger back. I'm bringing your hunger back home. I'm bringing your hunger back to heaven. I'm bringing your hunger back to truth. I'm bringing your hunger back to presence. And I promise, to the degree our hunger enters into levels of holiness, to that degree we will not experience hell. We're only going through hell to the degree we're not hungry for holiness. The, the less, the more hunger, hungry for holiness we are, the less hell we'll go through. Because our table will no longer be our snare. Because God prepares a table for us. You know why he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies? Because our enemies can't eat our food. He can put it up there. The enemy ain't going to eat it. The enemy ain't going to eat your plate if you're hungry for the right thing. The devil can't steal what God gave to you if your hunger is right. The only reason why he's taking what God, what's being put on the table is because you're hungry for something God didn't tell you to hunger for. The devil can take it because it's a foreign hunger. But he actually prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And if it's holiness, I guarantee you, he won't touch it. He won't eat none of your stuff. He won't steal none of your stuff. The devil took my joy. He can't. He can't eat joy. The devil can't steal joy. He can't steal peace. He can never be at peace. The problem is those, that's not really what we hunger for. Wow. All right. I'm about to close. I think I'm almost to the end. Oh, I had to get it all out. Hey. This last slide, I want to read Romans chapter 11, verse 16 through 24. Um, in the message, you can put up that first slide, Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Uh, through 18 in the message version. And I, I want to I pose the question to you as we get in that slide up. How much of what you're hungry for can the devil eat? And whatever that is, my God, pull your hunger away from it. <coughs> Romans chapter 11, verse number 16 through 18 in the message. It reads... Behind and underneath all this, there is holy. It's the same Romans 11 that we just read, just in the message version. I love it. Now, I will say this. You've got to be careful about the message version. Always compare it to the King James because sometimes it alters the meaning and it doesn't assinuate the point. In this case, it's case it the message doesn't always assinuate the point. Sometimes it actually alters stuff. So you've got to be careful when you go into those different versions. Amen, that you're comparing it with foundational stuff, but, but this insinuates. Uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 16 through 18 says, Behind and underneath 
all this, there is a holy, God-planted, God-tended root. If the primary root of the tree is holy, there's bound to be some holy fruit. Some of the tree's branches were pruned, and you were wild olive shoots were grafted in. Yet the fact that you are now fed by that rich and holy root gives you no cause to crow over the pruned branches. Remember, you aren't, you aren't feeding the root. The root is feeding you. Keep on going. This is so powerful. It's certainly possible to say other branches were pruned so that I could be grafted in. Well and good. But they were pruned because they were dead wood, no longer connected by belief and commitment to the root. The only reason you're on the tree is because your graft took. There's a whole bunch of people who wanted to be grafted in, but the graft didn't take. Man, that's so powerful. There's a whole bunch of people that want to be delivered, but the graft didn't take. There's a whole bunch of people that want to walk filled with the Holy Ghost, but the graft didn't take. But your graft took. You ain't the only one that wanted to stop drinking. There's some people who did that are still drinking. But your graft took. There's some people still smoking that don't want to smoke no more. But your graft took. Now, what does he mean graft? Skin, think about a skin graft. If you have, like, skin on your face that's missing, they can take skin from another place. Many times they either choose your thigh or your buttocks. They'll take skin from your thigh or buttocks and graft it in, on, into, the, into the skin in your face, and it'll live as skin on your face just like it lived. It's now taken from another place, but because it's properly grafted in, it still lives. We came from another place. Uh, but God grafted us into something that we did not belong to and gave us life. Our graft took, man. I'm only preaching today because my graph took. I, how I dare I look down on the man. There's times where you can get a kidney transplant and the kidney that, that you got don't work. Oh! But the transplant we got took. So, so now watch this, but they were pruned because they were dead wood, no longer connected belief and commitment to the root. They, the only reason you're on the tree is because your graft took when you believed and because you're connected to that belief-nurturing root. So don't get cocky and stretch your branch. Be humbly mindful of the root that keeps you live and green. Go to the next one. Man, this thing is... God didn't think twice about taking pruning shears to the natural branches. Why would he hesitate over you? Now, this we need to hear. We wouldn't give it a, he wouldn't give it a second thought. Make sure you stay alert to these qualities of gentle kindness and ruthless severity that exist side by side in God. Ruthless with the dead wood, gentle with the grafted shoot. But don't presume on this, on this gentleness. The moment you become dead wood, you're out of there. Read it. It's Go to the next one. And don't get to feeling superior to those prune branches down on the ground. If they don't persist in remaining dead wood, 
they can very well get grafted back in. Go. I need somebody to understand you can still get grafted back in. I want somebody to understand if you're not where you need to be in God, if your graft didn't take, don't get it twisted. You can still. I ain't looking down on you because you ain't delivered. Your graft didn't take. That's all. I'm not looking down on you because you still in the, Your graft didn't take. You can still be grafted in. And so why if he could graft you branches from a tree out in the wild into an orchid tree, orchid tree, he certainly isn't going to have any trouble grafting branches back into the tree they grew from in the first place. Just be glad you're in the tree and hope for the best for others. I need somebody that's glad they're in the tree. I need somebody in here that'll, that'll lift your hands because you're in the tree. I need somebody that'll open your mouth because you're in the tree. I'm closing on this. Grab me this branch. This is exactly what he's saying. And grab me those strings. What he's saying is this, literally. He says, there was an original branch. Glory be to God. I need somebody to hold this mic for me. There was, there was an original branch. And you can hold that string. You can hold the mic. There was an original branch that was intact. But some of those branches stopped believing God. And so those branches were broken off of the vine. Watch this. So, so now, if I can do it, those branches were broken off of the vine, and so he said, you're not even from this tree. You're not even from this nature. They were broken off of a spiritual tree with spiritual promises, and you're natural. So God took you. You don't even look like a branch. This is you. This is me. You don't even look like you got any anointing, any love for God. And he took something of a completely different nature and grafted in to the tree. Now, look at this now. This is so powerful. So he takes us and grafts us into the tree. Now, to look at that string in the natural, you would say, ain't no way that string is really connected to that tree. Because it's not by the not, not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. And so now, even though we look like this in relationship to God, we look like a string tied to a tree, we're still growing leaves and fruit out of a straw. Glory. We're still growing leaves and fruit out of a string because we're not growing it by nature. We're growing it supernaturally by faith. I don't look... I, I don't look like I can preach. I didn't grow up like I could preach, but I was grafted in and I'm bearing fruit. I don't look like I'm anointed, but I'm anointed. I was grafted in where I came from. You could not have guessed I would be who I am today, but I was grafted in. I don't look. And so literally, this is what we look like. And the devil's so mad because he knows we ain't got no business having the glory we have flowing through us. We ain't got no business having the power flowing through us. We ain't got no business walking in the promises of God. We're vines from another branch, from another tree. But God says as long as we walk by faith, even when it don't look like nothing's going to happen, I'll make it happen. Even when it don't look like nothing has changed, I'll make it change. I know what it looks like. But I am the true vine. And you're my branch, even though you only look like a string. 
My God, I said, you're my branch, although you only look like a string. I know your devotion looks like a string, but you're my branch. I know your prayer life looks like a string, but you're my branch. I know your praise looks like a string, but you're my branch. And as long as you do it by faith, I'll bless the Lord at all times. As long as you do it by faith, I'm the head and not the tail. As long as you do that by faith, by his stripes I'm healed. As long as you do it by faith, I am saved, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You can stay connected into something that don't look like you have any right at all. I know I look like a string, but I am a part of the tree. I hear to prophesy to somebody up in here that feels like that feels like you only look like a string, but I need you to understand in regards to how you look, you're a part of the tree. Come on, you're a part of the vine. Come on, you're connected to the root. Come on. And so, so what God does is, hold this for me. He says, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to graft you in. And people who saw you when you said, I've given my life to Jesus, saw you like a string to this branch. Man, you ain't really connected. And you stayed. Right? There is some branches coming in that aren't churched. There's some strings coming in that don't know choir songs. There's some strings coming in that don't know church programs, nor church protocol, nor how to act. All they know is something touched them. All they know, they're, they're coming in with tattoos on their face, their neck, and every part of their body. They're coming in, they're coming in with liquor on their breath, and they have done it so long, they don't even try to hide it with gum. They're coming in, they're coming, and they are going to get knitted into the vine and start laying hands on the sick and they recover. They're going to get knitted to the vine and start casting out devils and releasing the kingdom. And the branches that have been here the whole time, my God, I'm telling you, there's people that are about to come through those doors that don't look church, don't act church, and don't know church. But they're going to come in and say, I want vine. I don't know about church, but I want vine. And they're going to get connected and bear fruit. And the branches that have been here the whole time saying, God, I want to grow instead of bearing growth. God, I want to be hungry instead of bearing hunger. Are going to look at these strings that don't look like they belong. Come on, that's some of you. I'm here to tell you this is some of you. Some of you are about to get connected today, but some of you others aren't going to get connected until the strings show up. Can I prophesy today? And what's going to happen is it's going to take the crackhead that you used to laugh at that you need to lay hands on you. It's going to take that loose girl that you used to talk about that's going to need to pray for you to cause you to wake up and take your place back on the branch. I'm God, God. Some of you are about to come back because there's some strings coming in that are not going to give excuses why they can't be delivered. They just want the vine. That are not going to try to get somebody to understand them. They just want the vine. That are not going to try. Do you, do you understand 
that the only reason we are benefiting as the church, a part of our, is to make Israel jealous. They're the branches on the ground, technically. Although believers in here are, they're ultimately the branches on the ground that are going to see these strings that don't know the Torah, don't know the Decalogue. Come on, don't know the Ten Commandments. Don't even know all the names of the 12 apostles. Come on, they don't. Don't know the Lord's Prayer. Somebody going to mess you up, come in here and pray and release heaven, and they don't even know the Lord's Prayer. Don't know all this other stuff, but all they know is there's a vine. God Almighty, there's a man that touched my very life, and we're going to look at him and say, they are not up to par. They do not have the part. I ain't going to respect them. I ain't going to listen to them, and then we're going to watch power and leaves and fruit begin to be bore out of stuff that don't don't even look like it's really connected like it's connected now if these strings can come in and bear fruit in a month my god the branches that have been here for seven years without bearing fruit it's going to be an awakening i'm here to tell you you still have a place in the branch he's able to graft you back in come on he's able to graft you back in Come on, he's able to graft you back in. Come on, he's able to graft you back in. Come on, he's able to graft you back in. But he is not going to do that through your effort. He's not going to do that through you trying to fix yourself. He's not going to do that through you investigating your issue. He's going to do that through deep devotion. He's going to do that through a people that worship him in spirit and a people that worship him in truth. He's going to do that through a people that say yes to high and lifted up worship. I need about 20 people that understand it's not 10 steps to be grafted in. It's not 100 repentances to be grafted it in. It's not 20,000 things I got to do, but one worship, my God, but one act of faith, but one worship, but one worship, but one shout, but one. We're good. Listen, I'm closing. God said, I need my fruit in the earth. And if my natural branches won't do it, if my natural branches won't do it, I'm going to raise up some stuff that don't look like it's a branch. And, and kingdom and glorious remnant revival community is going to bear glorious fruit. Glorious remnant revival community is going to bear revival fruit. Everybody standing to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, sir. Hallelujah. Come on. Come to the Shata. Hallelujah. I need y'all to behold the goodness and severity of the Lord. Come on, his gentle goodness, but also his now radical, his now radical and unrelenting severity. You know what is severe? He won't hesitate. He, if he would cut off the Jew, don't think he won't cut us off, and we don't even really belong. In actuality, 
it takes more, it took more to break off the natural branch than it does to untie a string. We don't even belong in the tree. You know what it means to be cut off? To be divided. See, a lot of people think that that means God cut you off. No, you cut yourself off. Because we can only be connected by belief. We're only as connected to God as we walk in faith. Because that's why without faith it's impossible to please God. See, God ain't going to just cut me off if I just, no, you sitting there lying to yourself. No, he's not. You cut yourself off. No, it won't be but the moment you start trying to be in the vine by works, the moment you try to maintain your place in the vine by effort, you will be cut off at that second. You, it ain't going to even take, no, no, no. Because there's times, I wish somebody here could get a witness. There, those times where you feel the way that you feel lost, empty, alone, you think you feel like that and you're in communion and being fed from the root? That ain't going through you if what's in the root is flowing through you. The moment you try to function in the vine through unbelief, you are cut off. Not by him, but by us. Because there is no maintaining relationship outside of faith. Without faith, it's impossible. The branch never feels hopeless unless the branch ain't connected to the vine. So the Lord is calling us back to a faith that works through love. Come on, I'll tell you, your faith gets strong as your love gets deep. God is calling us into a deep devotion that releases a faith that keeps us in uninterrupted communion with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Lord says, would you believe that you can walk in uninterrupted communion with me, even in a life that interrupts you with issues, problems, struggles, and trials? Can you believe for uninterrupted communion in a world that is full of interruptions? He said, you can have it. He says, you can have it. Through my gift, the kingdom, the Holy Spirit, Abiding, living, and moving on the inside of you. Uninterrupted communion. But that spirit is only benefited by, by faith. God can graft you back in again. We're only... Interrupted through unbelief when we begin to lean on works and be more function more in bail orientation than we do kingdom devotion. The kingdom is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy soul, and all thy strength. I don't know if I'm going to do an altar call. I'm just going to open it up for prayer. If you feel like you need to come to the altar, you come. If you need, feel like you need to lay, you can lay. I don't know what we need to do and exactly how we do it, but you just respond how the Spirit of God is dealing with you.